You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Clary, sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back here on The Happy Hour, one final time on a Monday. We can scoot that over for you, That way, oh, thanks, nice catch. Um, that way he just doesn't pull so much. Hands, yeah, great hands for Strick. Dude, it's an uh, athlete. Nick, Nick Rico and Eric Strickland hanging out with you guys. Um, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Hammond text line. It's time for the crossover. Uh, Nathan will be back tomorrow. I don't know if he's – I'd assume he's flying back today. I haven't really talked to him a whole I lot. I assume he was crying a lot on Saturday. Yeah, lock, lock of the week. Was Miami just to beat dismantling Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech? I mean, it's just come on. That's probably just... why he hasn't made it back. Yeah, oh, um, Jesus crying. Somebody says on the text line, "No flavor of the week." Rico, you're gonna like this. I wanted to hear Rico's jingle. My week is ruined. We usually do a flavor of the week with Steve, but we didn't do it this week. Trev Alberts, he don't know anything about him. He might win here. Have no fear. I wish that I could make him see. Only Rico. He's just the flavor of the week. <laughs> so we do. Oh my god. So when we, we we usually have um, Trev Alberts. <laughs> anyway, you don't know. Um, so that's Rico and Mark production right so there. Good. Yep. Shout um, out to Mark. Anyway. Whenever we have Steve on Strick, uh, Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska, or the last question we ask is who's his flavor of the week? Because Nebraska's coaching has always like the, the cycle, the names have always changed well, week to week, yeah. and so we always tell him, "All right, who's your flavor of the week? Who's the coach of the week um, that Nebraska fans should know about?" But we everybody didn't do it today. sucked this week. Yeah. So except, I mean, I, I would argue like Mickey Joseph did not. Yeah, I, like, I, I don't. How, think so. Hold on, I mean, let, me, let me, let me, let me, let yeah. me, let me take that back. Let me take that back. Everybody lost this week. <laughs> there you go. That, there yeah. you go. Um, all right, so here we go. Uh, Rico Husker volleyball. Yes, um, Husker volleyball. They Husker got a big volleyball. win over Penn State and Northwestern. Penn State. We'll, we'll talk about that one first. Caitlin Horde obviously going up against her former team of the Nittany oh, Lions. Yeah. They Tied won her season high with nine blocks. Yeah, she was. Everywhere, her and um, um, Lowenstein had quite Lownstein, a few blocks. Right? Her and Lowenstein were owning that right side. Batenhorst was chipping in as well. Becca, Alley. every everybody up front was chipping in on the block party against Penn State. It was just you know it was what unfair. It yeah, it was a block party. They held they held Penn State to a point <laughs> oh. Uh, I think it's like a .07 hitting percentage, something like that. And it's only like the third time uh, in the last. I don't know, 15 years that Penn State has been held to hitting less than .1, um, and the other two times, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Back in 2021, and I th- I don't remember the other year, yeah. um, but Penn State won one of those as well. So Nebraska defensively was just on fire, still one of, if not the best defensive uh, volleyball team in the country. And then against Northwestern, the Northwestern team that's usually kind of a doormat in volleyball. Yeah, they've uh, been playing a, better this year. Is yeah. having a really good, good season, season this Former year. Former Husker Megan a, Miller is obviously on yep, that team. They're having a really good season this year. I think they that was only their sixth loss on the season, which is really impressive for, for yeah. this. Northwestern team uh, pushed Nebraska in the first set. It was going back and forth. At one point, it was tied at 23. Uh, Nebraska kind of ended that. I believe it was Krause and Batenhorst ended that with two kills, one for each of them, uh, to take that first set. And then the second and third sets were kind of owned by Nebraska for the most part. Uh, Becca Alec, I believe she was six for six 
I believe, maybe eight for eight. She was she was hitting. She hit a perfect percentage uh, and had the most kills on the team. As nobody was over, nobody had double digit kills for Nebraska. Yeah. But they kind of won going away. So the they were distributing the love. Nicklin Hames came back. I her saw that. first match, her first action since Stanford uh, against. Uh, Penn State, she had 20 assists against Northwestern. I think she also had 20 assists. So she came right back and got right into the action, got got busy and, and was, was setting people up left and right. And there is a notice, noticeable difference with her on the court as opposed to Ani Evans or Kennedy Orr. And it's just, you know, the experience that she has and the, the skill that she has is just that much better than, than both of them. Not saying that either one of them are bad. It's just that Nicklin Hames is just, you know, that much better. That's a tough loss for them being yeah. that uh, September 13th against Stanford was, the you know, losing her then. And then that's the only hiccup that Nebraska mm-hmm. actually has on the volleyball court uh, yeah. right now. That that that's a, It's been a tremendous run. A lot yeah. of sets 3-0. Yeah. A lot I, well, I honestly – Penn State, it was, the third set was twenty five nine. Yeah, it was, I believe it was. They just destroyed them. Yeah. It was it was crazy. I don't know what John Cook said to him in the intermission, but they just came out with their hair on fire. Um, I, it's never good to see anybody get hurt. It's never good for anybody to get hurt. But I think it was kind of a blessing in disguise because it. And I'm not saying you know he's obviously the best, one of the best coaches ever. But I think it kind of forced John Cook to play Kennedy and Ani because I think they were running a a 5-1 with Nicklin and then, you know, obviously not really good to have Nicklin be hurt, but it was really good to see those two in action, in actual game action against, you know, solid opponents. And also in Big Ten Volleyball, Minnesota's coach who's taken them to four Final Fours, um, retiring after this season. Yeah, Hugh McCutcheon, I saw that. He's done after this season and... Purdue got swept. The number nine team in the nation, I believe number nine, got swept in Maryland. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten. Yeah. Crazy. Volleyball. Yeah, crazy. crazy. Big Ten. As we put a bow on this here, Nebraska 16-1 overall, 8-0 in the conference. Um, that Purdue team that you were talking about, Rico, Nebraska travels to West Lafayette this Wednesday, 7 p.m. It's going to be broadcast on the Big Ten Network. And they're going to be looking to get a they, game. Yeah, yep. they they, so they will be – Nebraska will be on the road for the next three games, at Purdue, at Illinois, at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Tough one. Then they return home on the 29th against the Maryland Terrapins. So. Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. Tough that could be that could a be a stretch. big Saturday night – or Saturday, I should say, for Husker Athletics. Husker football plays Illinois at 2.30. Volleyball plays – uh, Maryland at 7 p.m. at the Bob Devaney Sports Center. Let's go ahead and pause. 10 seconds for station identification. We'll be right back here. This is Lincoln's home for sports talk on the FM dial. Also online at theticketfm.com. On the internet. KNTK FM Firth, 93.7 The Ticket. Okay, so let's talk about this crazy, insane weekend in sports. Um, because you had... A, a, a lot of things happening. Obviously, the NFL is happening. College football is happening. You have great uh, series going on in the Major League Baseball postseason right now between Padres, Dodgers, Yankees, Guardians. Game five between Stupid the Yanks Cleveland. and the Guardians are, is happening tonight. Six oh seven, I believe, is first pitch for that one. Um, Savali's going on the mound for the guards, while uh, Jamison Tyone is is starting for the Yankees. He has not been good this season. He has not. No, mm-hmm. and it's going to be interesting because obviously the Yankees bullpen is is yeah they need they need they need somebody they to need go a, long. Yeah, you you need somebody. But you have also over the weekend an eighteen inning affair between the Astros and the Mariners. Nobody wanted to score. The Astro and, and that's the thing. It was zero zero for until the top of the eighteenth inning. Nobody wanted to score. Played two full games. Two full games they played in game three. Um, it was funny because the Mariners got to a point 
where they were out of relievers. They were on their last reliever, and they were going to have to switch to position players mm. if they if their pitcher started knuckleballer. Yeah, exactly. So Here you go. it would it would have been funny to see like Mitch Haniger pitching on the mound for uh, been for the Mariners. But anyway, so the Houston Astros swept the Mariners. But let's not bury the lead. The Alabama Tennessee game on Saturday was electric. Yeah, you have a wide receiver, a Jalen Hyatt, I believe, if I remember correctly who had close to 300 yards receiving, if he didn't go over 300 yards receiving. He didn't. Um, with five touchdown passes. Six catches, yeah. five touchdowns. Only just, one of his catches wasn't a touchdown. Just unreal. Only one. Hendon Hooker. He went He went Randy Moss. Yeah. Hend, he, Hendon Hooker really cemented himself he in did, the Heisman bro. conversation. Um, you have Can't the, the Alabama kicker. Who there was a lot of memes and videos the next day coming out of Alabama's kicker of like going into the Alabama facility and was denied entry. What's going on, man? What, what's going on? Why can't I get I in? Always, dude, I because always the, feel so bad for I kickers. Do. Yeah, because I mean they miss. He misses a fifty-yard field goal, and then Tennessee's able to drive down in a couple seconds, and and that. somehow that that kick. If you watch the close up, the Tennessee's kick. Was that should have been wobbling. That should have been blocked. Did you it, see? Was, it was. It was. It was going sideways. It was going sideways. There were three Alab. If if whoever was right in the middle for Alabama, if he was two inches taller, yeah. he blocks that. Three players got through the line, just 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 yeah. a little bit too slow. Just but they unreal. were on the other side, like arms up, and the knuckleball just goes past them. Somehow <laughs> gets there. Yeah, no, it, it was it was it was quacking through the air. I don't know. It how was that quacking. Thing, I don't know how that thing. Made I don't know how it, it. how it made no it. No clue. But how it made it. I mean, I don't think I would have paid a lot of money to be in Knoxville that night. It made me think to that, that was the, a. Maybe there was something in the ball. That I don't know, made. man. Like that Knoxville, Knoxville was wild. That they tore night. down the goal. You oh, had you wow. had they you tore had down tons the goal of country singers the hanging. River. Yeah, and the Tennessee River. They threw it in the river. They threw the goalposts in the river. They walked him all the way to the Tennessee River. All the way through downtown. Through downtown. Tossed him in the river. And tossed him in the Tennessee River. And so then they started like the GoFundMe. And as of eight fifteen this or eight thirty this morning, they had eighty eight thousand dollars raised for the new goalposts. Just an unreal oh. experience. Somebody in the text line said the guy that I was telling you about, the Alabama guy, they said that he tipped it. That's why it looked like that. Ah. Oh. He so did he, tip so it. he did get his hand on it. He did tip it. Wow. If he doesn't get his hand on it, it's still quacked. If he doesn't get his hand on it, does he Does it go in? Right. Yeah, that's, that's why. He hit it in. <laughs> Man. It in. Just, a, just a wild game on Saturday. Game. I oh, my gosh. You've got to. Yeah. If you did not love. Listen, I don't care what you say. But having a Tennessee volunteer success mm-hmm. story in the SEC, I think, makes football yes. better. I don't 100%. care what anybody Well, and, and, like, think about it. Every single time we watch Alabama, we always are always on this this thought, and I've, I, I'm guilty of it as well. You see them flying around. It's the same thing when you watch the, the college football semifinals, and it, it was Alabama-Cincinnati last year. It's been Ohio State, and even in the college national championship – they just look different. There's a different mm-hmm. feel of the game. There's a different sound of the way the pads pop, things like that. We're so used to that when it's Alabama. We're so used to it being one-sided and just kind of clinging on for hope that maybe the uh, the opponent will be able to hold with Bama. Against Texas, you saw Alabama overcome however many penalties. It was in the high teens once again, uh, penalties-wise, against Texas. Now you have a lot of penalties once again, and they're still able to overcome against a Tennessee team that is is leaps and bounds better than Texas as well. 
although Alabama lost that game, it shows you, number one, how good Nick Saban and his staff are at making adjustments, and it shows you how freak of athletes they have on their roster. Does this happen if Bryce Young doesn't show back up? No. There's no way that no way. game is even the way it no, is. I don't. I agree. I don't. I don't I agree. think if, if, if I. I 100 percent agree. I 100 percent agree because so th- when you when you have um, the the backup quarterback Milrow yeah Milrow, Milrow in the in the game um, I keep getting him mixed up with with Milton who's with Tennessee um, the former Michigan quarterback but Milrow Milrow does not throw it as well as Bryce Young he runs it better than Bryce Young but he does not throw it better than Bryce Young and so what's kind of interesting here though is Tennessee was up big. And I thought for a moment, like, is Tennessee, at the time, Alabama had 11 penalties. Going to blow them out. I was like, is Tennessee going to not, not run away, but is it going to be a 14 to 17 point type of win? And then, sure enough, Alabama sneaks Bryce back. Young. Alabama, I thought, was going to win it. Yeah. And then I was like, Tennessee, it's just a back and forth. Peyton Manning was smoking cigars with Jalen Hyatt on in, in the locker room. Yep. You had all these country singers partying downtown. Everybody. And doing free concerts downtown. Like, it was a, a wonderful scene, and it's hard not to think how electric it's going to be when, when. Nebraska gets back. I agree. When Nebraska beats number one Ohio State in Lincoln Listen, one, one of these days. As much as you want to say it, and we'll talk about it more on the block, yeah. but as much as you want to say it, there are some things that did happen in that game that were worrisome, but not from a standpoint of coaching. Yeah. It was things that can be corrected. Mm-hmm. It was things that can be uh, taken care of and, and handled during a, an off and bye week. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have – everyone in here, I believe, would have loved to have that game won by the Huskers going into this. Yeah. But some something about me says that's okay. We didn't expect them to ultimately win. They covered. They did. They handled they, they did, did yeah. what they were supposed to. They stayed in the well, game. I was going to say they were down 20 to 7 to yeah. 10 at one point and I thought, man, like from the get-go, although you know, after they turn or not turned over, they uh they punted after their first drive after forcing the turnover. It was like one of those things where you kind of felt like Nebraska was behind the eight ball and you were just kind of hoping that Nebraska was going to be able to stay into it. And you get down 27 to 10, you're like, okay, here we go. We'll, we'll I see what happens here. I said you, there's no way that you can go down two scores to this Purdue team and expect to come back or, or be in this game at all. But here they are. Because I wasn't expecting this type of offense, but I was expecting a better defense. Yeah. Exactly. I, I would Usually say that one too. stop. The, the issue for me, again, it's still scary, is the run game. Um, yeah. A, allowing a team that doesn't do – that part of the game the defensive well. run game, mm-hmm. like stopping the stopping run. Yeah. the run, because here's why you're going to have a Chase Brown who looked wonderful, co-offensive Big Ten already player of the week. a thousand yards yeah. running, coming in next week, and if you're fresh. still that porous, right? Yeah, fresh because Illinois has a bye week this next week yeah. as well. So yep. if you're still that porous, that's a scary thing. But then you follow that up, you've still got to face Braylon Allen, you still got to face Mo Ibrahim, Corrin, Mo Ibrahim. Yeah. So you've still got. And, Four teams uh, and that, that's what they do well. And, and you can throw Iowa in there, the although Gavin Williams isn't the the kind of runner that maybe an Akram Wadley is or, or a good a Tyler Goodson. Maybe well, neither was whoever Goodson. Purdue's running back. But here's was. the deal: crazy. Legs. What's Iowa going to do? They're going to run the football. They're going to yeah. run it right at you. It's the physical ground and pound game. That's he, what Iowa will is. Is he a scholarship player? Who knows? He's already better than. But Purdue's here's, running that's back. the crazy part about it. You got um, destroyed by, and not to take anything away from him, he's a he's a Power Five Division One player. Yeah, I, but he's a he's a walk on. Yeah, I think like, and he ran hard. 
Yeah, there was there were different. I yeah. understand why they well, call him crazy. Like, I think a lot. I think a lot of it was things that you said, Strick, that can be corrected. Just not sure if they can be corrected in the the amount of time that Nebraska needs them to be corrected. Tackling, for example, tackling, yeah. for example, and I said this on the post game as well, and, yes. and we'll get out of here in a second. Um, but the initial tackle, yes. Um, I mean, it's so frustrating yes. when Nebraska would have one guy there. Missed the first tackle two yards behind the line of scrimmage. Then the guy would run mm-hmm. for three more yards. You miss the second mm-hmm. tackle because you only have one guy there. Seven. Then you get seven, and you're second and three, and you're pounding the you're pounding your fist, going, "Why it should be second and 12. There yeah. so the defense, if they tackle, played well enough to win that. There were so many times stop. they met somebody they in the backfield. Get off the f- they couldn't get off. They could. Yeah. They met somebody well, in off. the backfield and just couldn't bring them down. And, and then on the flip side as well, it, it's frustrating when on third and eleven you rush three and you get little to no pressure. You drop eight and you still allow a pass for fourteen yards. That happened on a multitude yeah, of occasions. So, all right, we're done for today. Stick around on the block with uh, Strick and Bach. It's back. Is back for one more day before Nathan Brandon comes back tomorrow. Uh, but we'll have plenty more breakdown from Huskers and Boilermakers tomorrow on the Happy Hour. Say it for me. See ya. Adios.